Well, welcome to the show. We've got Saul Abner with us. He's known locally as the Spin Doctor for <laughs> really? Delphus. No one's told me this. You're the Spin Doctor, Spin Meister. Right. So what are you trying to plug today that we shouldn't go to? Well, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Completely preempting my No, you're, you're promoting a well-known local traditional event, aren't you? I'm promoting Deaf Fest. Deaf Fest. Of course. Forthcoming <laughs> to Lighthouse Media Centre at the end of the month. Of uh, course, you'll be familiar with Lighthouse. It's one of your favourite venues. I see you there almost daily. Where is it? I've never found it yet. <laughs> you fibber. <laughs> it's up in town at the Chubb Buildings, of course. The historic Chubb Buildings. What are you doing playing with my levels? That's because you're so loud, you see. It's almost like I've never been anywhere. <laughs> and and uh, so, Death Fest, when is it? Tell us when it is first. Death Fest, it begins on Friday the 28th of this month, and it's all weekend <clears throat> until Sunday the 30th. And so, to give us a bit more detail. What does it include? It's the UK's only deaf-led film and television festival, basically celebrating the talents of deaf filmmakers and media artists. Mm. Not so just from the UK, but all over the place. A global festival. It really is. Much like the Disability Film Festival that happens in April that's also disability-led. Right, but this is specifically uh, for the dead. Well, not for the dead. For the dead. It's, 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 for, <laughs> it's for anybody to, to attend. As but, is uh, the disability one. Everything is open. It's a condition of the grant. Right, <laughs> sure. However, we would like to exclude non-deaf and disabled people from our festivals. We have to include them, and we welcome them because it gives them an opportunity to see the, the plethora of talent on show. Mm. Have you seen any of the films that have been submitted? No. The important thing to to stress is this is unique. He's a lucky lad. <laughs> This is unique in what way is it unique? To Wolverhampton, it's something that we need to be proud of. And it's been here for ten years. Ten years. An annual event, so it's an anniversary year. I was on the steering group for the first one. For Deaf Fest. Okay. Yeah, a bit more, a bit more. I thought there was an interesting (laughs) anecdote to follow, obviously not. Well, I could hear, so they threw me off. (laughs) Uh, If if only that wasn't true, but it was. (laughs) And basically, it's important for deaf people to be able to show what they can do. Why? And for them to be given an opportunity Why? to tell the stories that they want to tell. Interesting tact you're taking straight away. You don't think they should be? <laughs> no, no. I want you to explain to the listener why a kind of cultural, diverse uh, means of production, to use that old Marxist phrase, is, is so essential for a vibrant and contemporary society. And these stories can be about anything at all, whether it's deaf culture or everyday life or even the surreal. But above all, what Deaf Fest does so well is give deaf people a voice on screen. Not my words, the words... I can tell from the way you're reading them. The words of William Mager, who's one of the contributing artists... Yeah. And uh, he's uh, he's actually from South Africa originally. He's worked he? on uh, various BBC productions over the years. And this is his latest short film that he brings to the festival called Stiletto. Mm. And what's that about? It's uh, uh, a darkly comic thriller referencing the suspenseful style of Hitchcock. Right. But silently, one presumes, yeah. in a deaf film. Yeah. And he actually ch- achieved funding for this film with... Uh, uh, there's the, kind of a Hitchcock fund for people who live in the area that uh, Hitchcock was was born into. And, London. Uh, mm. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think he was a Londoner, along with Charlie Chaplin, Bob Hope, and and continuing and his Cary Grant. Where's Cary Grant from? His infamous style. Come on. 
You film, uh, Bushbury. Bristol. Right, close. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Dudley's most famous film export? Lenny Henry. No. James Whale directed the original Frankenstein in of the course, 30s. the horror director, as opposed to the crap talk show host. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What are we? Oh, what are we? What are we doing? What are we looking at? Is someone's phone on? I can hear a noise. Turn your phone off immediately. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> the Spinmeisters. Back phone. five minutes and breaking the law already. That's outrageous. goodness me, the incompetence. Really. Mm. Uh, and so, tell me, uh, uh, is it all accessible? Of course. Yeah. In what sense? <laughs> <laughs> what sense would you like it to be accessible? Is everything signed? Uh, BSL interpreters, Br- British Sign Language to you, will be on hand throughout the weekend, of course, mm-hmm. together with uh, sign over and voiceover. Is that a pun? On hand all, all weekend? Relay, uh, international and deafblind interpreters as well. Deafblind interpreters are excellent. Excellent. It's good yeah. to see a little bit of Makaton coming into it. Uh... Now, I'm going to run through some of the highlights oh, shortly, yeah. but for That's a full schedule. Of the films and uh, events happening. Is it all up over on the, the website weekends? now? You can because have a look. It, it hasn't been for a while. I have been checking. Deaffest.co.uk. Right. When did you last check? Well, actually, I made the mistake, of which is my own a fault, year ago. of checking Lighthouse website. And of course, they. they you uh, can have a look at that as well, of course. It's a glorious site for which a is? glorious place. Light house.co.uk. And it's recently been revamped, hasn't it? It has, yes. And what did you think of the revamp? I think it's lovely. I think it's beautiful. I think it's the best (laughs) site I've ever seen in my life. I preferred the old site, actually. Right, so let's run through some of the... Because we have, uh, indeed, one of the producers joining us on the phone shortly. (laughs) He'll be... uh, Just remember, this is my show, all right? Not your show. (laughs) (laughs) It all kicks off Friday the 28th from 2 o'clock in the afternoon with Young Deaf Fest, showcasing the work of young deaf filmmakers... Funded uh, by Media Box uh, last year, I believe. Uh, various. Fi- I'm, I'm pretty much ignoring everything you're saying. Did you notice that? <laughs> you mean I know more than you? <laughs> <laughs> you're not much of a spin master. I, are I didn't you? need to come in at all, did I? Uh, now, Media Box is a media production uh, fund for young people, and I know uh, uh, the Deaf Fest got some money and they made some young people's films with young people. That's the whole point. They are made with young people. Of course, yeah. Your turn. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise. <laughs> I'm snorting. Taking a break. I'm uh, having a little bit of a cough in the back here. Yeah, I've so been ill recently. So we've got a uh, number of uh, scre- uh, screenings of uh, young people's films, and uh, uh, including one directed by a guy called Harry Potter. Mm. That's interesting. And it's a magical piece of work, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and so what are these... Like these young people. And then the official launch is in the evening at 6.30. On Friday. uh, On Friday. Mm. uh, With an opening drinks reception. Are we all invited or is it a special? Anybody can go along. All of these events throughout the weekend are free, apart from a special gala evening happening on Saturday, which Mm. I'll come on to shortly. You've got a charge for that, haven't you? But again, uh, screening three films on the evening of the Friday. When's the gala night? till 9. That's on the Saturday evening. Saturday, right. Uh, which I'll come to shortly. As I say, I'm running chronologically through these. Mm-hmm. I can tell. You're not quite capturing the essence and the joy of this. Because not only do we have come films on. throughout the weekend... Upbeat a bit more. What, you want me to sing it? <laughs> we have conferences as well. 
there's one on Saturday morning, starting from 10. Again, it's free. And it's a seminar titled Money Matters, mm-hmm. uh, featuring various speakers giving advice and tips on how to achieve funding for films. And we can all go along which, to that. Which is, which is always a So problem, that would be good course. for any not filmmaker, just, Not deaf just for the not. deaf community. Obviously, this is specifically targeted at deaf at filmmakers. Deaf. It just means there'll be a signer along. And certain... <laughs> Well, no, there are certain pots of funding available, obviously, for, yeah. for deaf filmmakers. And so yeah, various you, you've speakers... You've just got to rope in a deaf person to get that kind of money, haven't you? Various speakers of note will <laughs> be uh, contributing to the conference. Justin Edgar, of course. Director, Justin's coming. Who we all know and love. Uh, he's coming to the Disability Film Festival as well. And deaf has, uh, Justin has a hearing impairment. And, of course, he launched the Disability Film Festival in April, uh, just gone. And he'll be doing something at the next festival as well, so... That'll be very good to have him along. And he is very good, and he'll surely be showing clips from his films. Sorry, just having a drink. Maybe you <coughs> nip out for a smoke as well. Just, yeah. just let me know when you're going to... Uh... You professional, yes. Natasha Carlish, who's a, a BAFTA award-winning film and television producer, mm-hmm. worked on uh, various uh, things, including Bouncer, starring Ray Winston. Did she? She'll be there. Uh, I won't hold that against her. Lewis Needling, who's a producer and director of Mutt and Jeff pictures see what he's done there mutt and jeff i do i think that's very very unoriginal <laughs> pictures he'll have mutt and uh, jeff. one of his short films uh, during the weekend but on this occasion he'll be joining in that particular conference uh, william mager who i mentioned just there he's a writer director mm-hmm. and producer I worked on a whole load of stuff mm-hmm. and dan lawson from screen west midlands Right, and should, should we talk so to one Sat- of these? That's Saturday, no, that's Saturday morning, <coughs> mm-hmm. and then more screen filmings, uh, 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 film screenings from 12.30 mm-hmm. to 1, and a second seminar uh, called New Horizons in the afternoon from 2 to 4. Now, what's that about? This is about the future plans for a deaf TV channel. And where's this going to be? On the television. On the television. Various speakers on this uh, seminar, you, including... <laughs> Jason Hall, who's the Head of Innovation, New Markets and Skills at Screen West Midlands. Terry Riley, who's the Chief Executive of uh, British Sign Language Broadcasting Trust. Bob Duncan, mm. uh, Executive, uh, in, in, Independent uh, Producer and Director, Writer and Consultant. And Dew Harrison, who's the Divisional Leader for Digital Media at the University of Wolverhampton, who are involved in DeafFest as well, in a fairly prominent way. And then more film screenings from four till five submitted from um, various UK and interna- international deaf filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And then this is the big event on the Saturday evening. This is the, the only event that is charged for £12.50. Uh, Which is a heck of a charge. It's a ticketed event because they have Miss Deaf World 2008. <laughs> oh, my God. And where does Miss Deaf World come from? She'll be hosting <coughs> the event. Goodness me, she comes from the world, world of the deaf, uh, and she'll be performing a signed song. <gasps> wow, that's exciting! Uh, and it's art, but not as we know it, Jim. Some exclusive uh, feature film screenings. Could uh, you tell us what the feature film screenings are? Okay, Horatio, mm-hmm. Stiletto, mm-hmm. and Caterpillar, directed by John Maidens and co-produced mm-hmm. by Michael Ford, who will be speaking to shortly hopefully on the telephone we have michael ford 
Hi there. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? I'm not so bad. And Saul Abner is with us, the uh, spin meister for Death Fest. Hi, Michael. You okay this afternoon? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, Saul, how are you? Not so, too bad. So tell us about your film. Ca- is it Caterpillar? It is Caterpillar, yeah. And so how long is it and what's it about? Okay, so uh, Caterpillar's a short film. Uh, it's approximately 15 minutes long mm-hmm. and it was made with the support of the UK Film Council and Screen West Midlands, who I thought you would talking about a bit earlier as well no that wasn't me that was a previous show previous show i'm very positive because they weren't very positive about screen they weren't, West were they? No, I, I like screen West midlands. i like screen west midlands i think we've got to stick up they, they fund deaf fest they fund the disability film festival in april uh, which i hopefully you'll send your film into as well yeah yeah so i mean so yeah so the the film it's a digital short plus so it cost uh twenty thousand pounds um and it's basically it's a coming of age story uh, at, at its heart mm-hmm. and it's the story of a 12 year old boy Nathan and he's this sweet kid nature loving is this that um, they go hunting yeah yeah he just oh, so happens to be profoundly deaf and they go hunting with his uncle and his granddad um, <clears throat> and he's kind of best mate who's a bit more rebellious than he is shall we say and you're being very very uh, unkind because it may have cost 20 grand but it looks like it cost 2 million doesn't it it's got a wonderful look to it yeah it certainly doesn't look like it cost 20 grand no it's uh, amazing what you can get kind of people to do if you uh, ask politely did you use a red camera was that did we use a what, sorry? A red camera. A red camera. Uh, we used the red camera, yeah, which is a, a new technology. And were you impressed for... with the red camera? Well, yeah, I was, yeah. We used it only for um, the last scene. Um, we actually used a, a different camera for the rest of it, but we used it for the slow-mo parts I know. of the film um, to basically keep it at the same quality as everything else when we... Can I just interject on a technical point? What is the red camera? I'm fascinated. Red camera... Red... Can you hear me? Because I can't hear myself. Uh, I can hear you. A red a red camera is is a new digital camera that has very high resolution and re- and kind of high density, and it, it's almost as good as a film camera. Right, okay. Because hold uh, broadcast, what you used to get was beta cam, and then it moved to HD, which was even better. Right. And red cameras are, are much better than HD, even right. especially for cinema projection. Oh. Developed by the guy. Do you know who, who developed it? Yeah, the guy behind Oakley sunglasses, doesn't it? There you go. Wow. The sunglasses, man. Yeah. <laughs> but they're very cheap, and that, they're, that's why they're a revolution. They are going to be the best cameras in the world, but they're also going to be the cheapest of the kind. So, for example, to get a good HD camera, it can be like twenty five, seventy five thousand. 75000 A red camera, the basic thing, without a lens, is like £10,000. Really? Absolutely yeah. amazing. See, I'd just be looking for a camera that just happened to be red. <laughs> <laughs> and get slightly ripped off at the end of it, I think. Oh, we like technical stuff here on this show. Now, Michael, you worked with uh, John Maidens on this production. He wrote and directed it. Yep, that's right. How did that partnership come about? Okay, um, well, the film was produced by myself and a woman called Rachel Carter. So we were the two producers on it. And Rachel actually began the project originally with John and Screen West Midlands. And my involvement came about quite close to production to kind of come in, sort some budget stuff out and and help make it happen, basically. My, my company came in at that stage. Your company being Infinite Wisdom Productions? Yes, Infinite Wisdom Productions, yes. Um, we're based in Birmingham. And mm. We're a production company for kind of TV, film, and uh, we've got a growing corpus arm as well that we do. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of how I first met John, through Rachel, and, and we worked on the film together. Mm. And so, so what else have, uh, have you made? Um, well, Infinite Wisdom's done quite a bit of work. Um, we do our corporate work, so we've done things for Birmingham City Council and kind of promotional videos and things like that. And then we've done uh, other short films that we've done for Birmingham School of Acting 
and people like that. And then I personally have kind of worked on quite a few big live shows and live event stuff. So I've done things like Strictly Come Dancing Live and kind of 8 out of 10 Cats specials. Is there much of a... fix it. Is well. there much of a film culture in Birmingham? Like Winchester Films used to be in Birmingham, didn't they? It did, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. they still there? Um... Uh, yeah, I think that's still going. Because um, I, I saw that Gary Smith had produced uh, that How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's behind that, but I think they're now mainly in London, I think. Right, and is um, that is that the kind of model you're trying to follow, to move from into feature films in the longer term? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we're developing. So we've got some development funding from Screen WM for a couple of uh, features, so that's why we like them. Uh, they've been good to us. So we've got a couple of big kind of commercial feature projects that we're trying to get off the ground and we're looking for investment in. And are they deaf or disability related at all? Uh, they're not, no. Um, but I think that's one interesting point you just brought up because Caterpillar um, isn't so much deaf-driven um, as mm. it is just that's what's kind of behind it. So the filmmaker is deaf and the lead character is deaf, mm -hmm. but the film itself isn't necessarily about his deafness. How did you find the lead actor? Because he's, uh, he's very good. Yeah, it was... Um, there was a nationwide search, basically, kind of Billy Elliot style, to uh, find kind of a young actor. The brief was that he should be profoundly deaf, so that, you know, to portray it as real mm -hmm. as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. um, and we held some workshops in conjunction with the television workshop, mm -hmm. um, and Ross Simpson in Birmingham was really helpful to us with that. And, and we found um, Mike, Mikey Riddington-Smith, who, uh, who plays Nathan. And have you showed it to many children? Because, like, I took my son to the... Uh, the digital short selection that Screen West Midlands okay. had because they've been all over the region and, and my son thought your, your film was particularly good. Did he? Uh, uh, well, I given, like given some of the other films, which I'm sure you've seen them all together, it's yeah. no wonder he thought yours was very good because some of them were quite disturbing. <laughs> yeah, some of them are quite dark, aren't they? Uh, dark is not the word. Yeah, yeah. okay, disturbed. But, uh, I was trying to be polite. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we've, uh, well, so far it's only had um, the digi short screenings Mm -hmm. um, we're in the process of kind of looking at festivals now for it and Deaf Fest came up um, at Lighthouse and, and I actually used to work at Lighthouse Did you? a few years back and so it was kind of a link there and they rang me up and said would we be interested in having it as part of the festival so we've obviously said yes so kids wise we've I know that obviously the lead actors have seen it and a few others have seen it and we've had some kind of really good reports my sound recorders have shown it to his little girls and he said mm -hmm. they enjoyed it so um so, yeah, so, so far, so good. And what were the problems of working with deaf actors, if there were any? Um, I've got to be honest, we, we didn't kind of have that much problem. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest challenges I found with working both with John, the director, who's deaf, and, and Mikey, the lead actor, is some, just something as simple as a phone call, which mm. is very kind of important normally with what I do, and I spend, kind of seem to spend half my day on the phone. And that can be quite tough when you're trying to kind of communicate with somebody who's deaf over the phone, so a lot more kind of face-to-face -face, um, meetings, a lot more emphasis on that and kind of emails to kind of keep in touch um, in the meantime. Excellent. But, uh, they, they both lip-read brilliantly and they, and they both speak um, very clearly. So. And will any of them be coming to Wolverhampton for Deaf Fest? Well, I hope so, yes. Uh, I, I hope John will be there for starters. And um, now that we've got it confirmed as being in, I intend to kind of let Mikey and his parents and that know that it's going to be on. And so when is it on, Saul? Or? This is on the Saturday evening as part of the gala event that I mentioned earlier, <coughs> which is the only ticketed event throughout the weekend, £12.50, available from Lighthouse Box Office. And will you be coming? 
Well, I'll be coming. Yes, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, I'm actually from Wolverhampton myself, so, uh-huh. so I'll be there. Yeah. Whereabouts in Wolverhampton are you from? Uh, Wensfield. Wensfield. Someone has to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know how. I, Wensfield. I know how Lighthouse like to employ Wensfield people, so yeah, they, I think they've got a little bit of a connection there. So. Michael, give us a little plug, if you would, for Infinite Wisdom Productions website because it's a visual treat. It really is. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So Infinite Wisdom is www the letter I and the word wisdom.co.uk. So do www.iwisdom.co.uk. Um, but you can also check out some more on the film at www.caterpillarfilm.co.uk. And there's also a link on there as well. And what's also impressive website. about the, sorry to interrupt, Infinite Wisdom's That's website fine, is, is that uh, you, you openly uh, request submissions from the general public about any ideas... Yeah, absolutely. film or TV related. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we've we've got our kind of two sides, our two hats to the company. Like I say, we've got the kind of corporate arm that we're pushing to kind of commercial companies. But then we think people have great ideas for TV shows and films, and it's not saying that every idea that will come in will be amazing. But sometimes people have great ideas and don't know how to go about getting them made. And a lot of the times, the broadcasters themselves won't take submissions directly from the public. So it's something that we decided we'd open up. If anybody wants to pitch us any ideas, you're more than welcome. Mm. Well, on that note, because we're running out of time, uh, I'd just like to thank you for coming on. Thank you. And hopefully uh, myself and Saul and all the listeners will see you Saturday night. Brilliant. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks a lot. And we we must just stress that it's not this Saturday night. It is, of course, Saturday the 29th of November during the weekend of Deaf Fest itself. And as I say, you do need to buy tickets for that event because it will prove very popular. £12.50 available from Lighthouse Box Office. You can ring Wolverhampton 716-055. We'll stop him there and just say thanks. Thanks, Michael, for coming on. (laughs) And we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Light-house.co.uk. So it's all that weekend. Oh, you see, it's two weeks away from this weekend. I cannot that. wait. It's the end of this month. It's Deaf Fest. It's happening at Lighthouse. Every other event throughout the weekend is free. But if you do go along on the Saturday evening to the gala event, you can also check out an archive program from the Media Archive of Central England. Commonly known as Mace. Uh, very familiar with. Looking at how deaf people have been presented historically in film. As is the case when the, the Disability Film Festival last April mm. and the Disability Film Festival coming in uh, 23rd, 24th, 25th of April 2009. A similar budding building relationship with Mace. And then there's a party with a DJ oh. from 9.30. Have a you been DJ? asked to do that? No. No, of course not. And, no. Uh, so various networking opportunities throughout the weekend and uh, social gatherings, mm. of course. It's going to be good. And then on the Sunday, there's just one... Uh, major film before the festival draws to a close, which is a subtitle screening of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. Cracking Holocaust <laughs> film. Of course. That's what you need to end a festival. And you can watch this for free, this feature-length film, if you're not familiar with the uh, with the children's book. Because, of course, it is very significant, given that, uh, you know, the, the final solution, Hitler's final solution, was did include the eradication of deaf people. Mm. And quite a lot of deaf people were sterilised or, or exterminated in the gas chambers that were first developed on deaf and disabled people. Indeed, hence its relevance within Deaf Fest. Indeed, absolutely. A very astute final film there. Mm. Leave on a happy note. <laughs> <laughs> More details on the main website where you can get a full list of times. So give us the two websites again before I play another record. Deaf Fest, all one word, 
lighthouse.co.uk mm-hmm. or lighthouse-house.co.uk and uh, you can find out about booking through that website or we'll just give them a call in the box office 716 uh, or pop in up in town to Lighthouse Media Centre Chubb Buildings <laughs> Fire Street we're going to talk a bit more about the Lighthouse after the next of record of course because there's an event because, happening tomorrow uh, evening <laughs> comedy night I'm sorry I've had to turn his microphone off and on the uh, line now we have Susan Murray hello Susan hello how are you I'm very well. How are you? I'm not so bad. Well, I'm not going to tell people who you are because I know Saul here, the uh, the comedy night spinmeister, wants to give us a little introduction. <laughs> it's live comedy tomorrow night at Lighthouse in Wolverhampton. The return of this live uh, uh, comedy evening, which will hopefully become a regular feature. And uh, tomorrow, Adam Bloom and Ian Stone and compare Susan Murray. Which uh, is you, of course. Yes. Have you been to Wolverhampton before? To me? Yeah. She's from from Wolverhampton. You're from Wolverhampton? I don't know that. (laughs) I'm born born and bred Willingall, mate. (laughs) The the spinmeister failed to mention that. Okay, let let me give the the full detail. Susan Murray, winner of the first ever Jonglers competition, a seasoned regular on the circuit, warm-up comedian for TV shows and festivals, and she's made uh, appearances on Love, Life and Lipsticks, which won Best Entertainment Programme at the Royal TV Society Awards in 2000, various other accolades, and performs regular stand-up uh, across a wonderful the land. introduction, which I would have done if he'd have actually given it to me on my show. But I'll let him off. <laughs> and, and so, what what kind of comedy do you do, Susan? Um, I do sort of mainly observational, quite cheeky stuff. Um, I don't. I do. A, I dabble in a bit of topical every now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I talk about, I talk about relationships, driving things that are kind of you know relevant to me. Really, it's all about me. <laughs> and do, do you and do you explore about being from Will and Hook? Well, there's not really much point across the rest of the country. Where? It's where all the Yale Union and Chubb looks are made, don't you know? Um, so, I, but it, that's why I like doing Midlands gigs, because I can talk about Will and All in places mm-hmm. like when I'm do, you know, mm-hmm. doing gigs in Canada called Birmingham, because uh, people you know, have a vague idea of what I'm on about. But I generally just say I'm from Wolverhampton, because it's got a Wolverhampton postcode and a Wolverhampton um, code, even, a telephone code, even though it's actually the borough of Walsall. So, obviously, where did it all go wrong that made you leave Will and All? Um, it's Where did it all go wrong? Would have never been anything but wrong. My family glass region, so I, I shouldn't have even been there right, by right. Um, yeah, but then you'd have a horrible accent if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know my mum threatened me with elocution lessons for years? <laughs> and I'm like, look, it's your fault. You, I didn't ask you to move down here. I wasn't even born when you moved down here. And they're Glaswegian. I know. I mean, you know what? They're talking to you about elocution lessons. Goodness me. <laughs> At least you can speak proper English, which is more than Scottish people can do. I can speak proper core eye. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went away to college. I just wanted to spread my wings, basically, because mm-hmm. Birmingham, uh, Birmingham Dudley weren't enough for me. <laughs> uh, the black country's not big enough for anybody, <laughs> especially most of the people who live in it. And so, so tell me, what, how did you get into comedy? Um, I was working at Spitting Image. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a camera assistant, but I was working on a thing called Crapston Villas, which was like a mm-hmm. 3D um, animated adult kind of sitcom that was on on Friday nights at 11 o'clock, Channel 4. Um, and the girl who wrote that, her sister had done a stand-up course with Hattie Hayridge, who ended up being the, the computer on Red Dwarf. And she told me about this course that you could do. And where was so, that? That was at a place called Jackson's Lane um, Community Centre in Highgate in North London. Near Crouch Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and did that, and... Um, yeah, there's a few of us from that course that are still doing it. In fact, the guy that taught it 
Um, I now fill in for him occasionally at a different place, at a different college. So Tell I us his name. His name's Rob Hitchmo. Rob Hitchmo. He teaches at the City Lit in London. And was he very good? About. Huh? Was he very good? He was, yeah, he was all right. He was a nice bloke. I'll tell you who else I was taught by. I was also taught by Dave Thompson, who was one of the uh, Teletubbies that got fired. Right. Why did he get fired? Unless we don't want to talk about it. No, I think he was um, um, partaking in um, relaxing substances in his trailer. So right. maybe he might be right. wandering around naked. Dave likes to wander around naked. Does he, he indeed? Quite, he lives quite near me in Brighton now, actually. I always thought the Teletubbies were naked, but then perhaps I'm wrong. Well, I'm sure they are underneath <laughs> the costumes. <laughs> They're costumes. Get quite... in fact, you, you know, there you're two... ruining my life here. I thought they were real. <laughs> there were two. In fact, there's a guy called, um, called John Simmett. Who's mm. a comic from, based in Birmingham? He was one of the Teletubbies as well. So I've, you know, I've, I've worked with half of the Teletubbies. <laughs> and voiced over by Toya Wilcox, weren't they? Were it's, they? Yeah. The narration part was. Yeah. yeah. She did yeah. the narration. Toya yeah. Wilcox. That's right. Oh, I didn't realise that. I don't think they actually spoke themselves. Because well, I'm not 18 they did. months old. Beyond they went, basic ee, sounds of... <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. is this your first ever gig at the Lighthouse? No, it's my second. We did one a few years ago when it was an all-girls extravaganza. It was me and Karen Bailey, who's Birmingham-based, mm-hmm. and um, a lovely lady called Janice Connolly, who does a character called Barbara Nice. I've had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. Isn't she just a diamond? I love Absolutely. Janice. She's, she's fantastic. She's a lovely woman, yeah. She's really, really sound. Incredibly so, um, decent and nice. I'm yeah, like, yeah. like myself or Saul. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose it's up to me to address the balance, is it? Hmm. Absolutely. And well, so yeah. how, how difficult is it as a, as a woman on the circuit? Because I know a couple of uh, female, especially disabled comedians who do the circuit, like Liz Carr. And, and oh, it, I know Liz. Yeah, yeah. I'll be good, Liz. Yeah. And that's, that's in it. She, you know, she tells me that it is, it is a bit different if you're a woman, how, what the audience yeah, expects. It's, it's getting easier, but mainly because, you know, people like Mandy Knight and um, Jeannie Yashery and myself and, you know, all the comedians that have all been doing it for a decade, we've all kind of paved the way for these newer acts that are coming through. And I think they're finding it slightly easier than we did because we, you know, it's like banging your head against a bit well because people mm. just don't really trust you. I mean, I've, I've watched male acts do stuff that I think is a lot weaker than me, getting really good response. And I just know, Saul, if I'd gone on and done the same kind of material, I wouldn't have got the same response. Because people, you know, we live in a patriarchal society. People assume that men are the boss, which clearly all women know they're not. I hope that's one of the lines from your act. Not yet. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to jot it down. Can you go and have a recording of this? Because I won't remember it. But as, as I, I was about to say, having brought up patriarchal society, as you do... Uh, a lot of I've been to a few comedy nights and, and male comedians particularly they do a lot of material that you think goodness me this is not only racist it's so incredibly sexist uh, where are you going to these gigs? am I going to these gigs? where, where are these gigs at? Uh, well I remember I, I went to one in Brighton what's it called what's the place in Brighton called? Comedia yeah and I think I saw what's his name it's the guy who was actually on who uh, have I got news for you on Friday uh, black guy what's his name? Reg Hunter Uh yeah, I think so. And I saw him yeah, yeah. Do, do a joke and I thought, goodness me, and even half the audience who were male drunks were a bit surprised at one of his punchlines. Oh, really? And you mm-hmm. thought, goodness me, uh, this, this, this is wrong. But on that basis... It's wrong, but he's ethnic, so he gets away with it. Do you know what I mean, darling? Absolutely. But that's what I was going to say. So a lot of... Because when people uh, who, who perhaps go watch television or whatever, live comedy, especially in a kind of like nightclub situation like The Lighthouse, it's not going to be what kind of like very conventional comedy is it it may be in your face it may be very challenging yes no yeah yeah i mean you know you kind of have to read the audience and you kind of gauge via certain jokes as to what other jokes that you can do i've got some quite close to the knuckle stuff i don't mean graphic stuff i mean sort of 
you know, talking about missing kids and stuff like this. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, when I go into a joke and go, do you think, you know, do you think Kate McCann did it? You hear, <gasps> but then I do the joke and actually I'm on their side, which yeah. people, they just hear the word McCann and just, it's a knee-jerk reaction to anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But if people actually listen to the words, what you say, you know, most comics that work on the circuit, we're decent people, we're not racist, we're not sexist. You know, sometimes you might do it in a kind of, you know, an ironic way. It's all, it's all about context, isn't it? It is, it is. And do you, do you take the, uh, do you ridicule disabled people much in your act? Because if you don't, I'll be disappointed. As well, a disabled... I do, I do, I do uh, a routine about dwarf porn. Oh, yes. And I have mentioned it, um, presumably if you know Liz Carr, you know Tanya Lee as well, who I is do. the dwarf comic on the circuit. And I've told her that joke, and she thinks it's hilarious. In fact, she probably uses herself in her act now. She better not, because I'll kill her if she does. <laughs> I, I heard something about dwarf porn the other day, a little... Oh, I was on Family Guy. That's what it was. I think. Oh, uh, OK. <laughs> I've just been watching American Wife on cable TV and heard a dwarf family on there. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I love dwarfs. They're great. They're really great. <laughs> and you'll always be taller than them. That's the thing you've got to think about. Not much. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not very tall myself. <laughs> well, you're from Winnenhall, so you didn't get much of a healthy diet. I know, I know. Especially with Glaswegian parents. And a frying pan fire, isn't it, really? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so uh, are you looking forward to coming back? You're coming home. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually bringing Ian Stone with me. Um, we're all coming up from London, but um, uh, Adam can't come up early because he's getting married. He's got to sort out loads of stuff. So we're wow. having tea at my mum and dad. Bloke. My mum and dad are cooking us tea. And then, um, and then we're nipping over to do the gig. And, and, and are your mum and dad coming to the show? Yeah. Well, it's going to be quite clean then, isn't it? And, uh, well, or are, no, they, or are they, so they up for it, Glaswegians? Well, they don't. You don't have to swear, you know. You don't have to swear to be funny like this. <laughs> but it's kind of like, look, I'm at work. I that was a very good Welsh accent. I didn't come and criticise your meat inspection when you were at work, did I, Dad? So I just tell them they just don't interfere. Really, they're kind of all right about it. I think they sort of cringe a little bit. Right. But I don't. I don't look at them. I make sure they're sitting at the back. <laughs> Uh, well, well, do you want to say anything, Saul? Because we've got to move on. I'm staggered. What, Adam Bloom's getting married when? Tomorrow? In about five weeks, he said. Oh, I was going. To, I thought you said tomorrow. That's a heck of a honeymoon. <laughs> now he's got to prepare. Coming, night. coming to Wolverhampton, yeah. Uh, okay, so it all kicks off at 8.15 tomorrow evening. Live comedy at Lighthouse, Chubb Buildings, Wolverhampton, of course. If you'd like to book tickets for 7.50, uh, ring the box office. Well, in theory, we'll be talking to Adam in a moment. Uh, anything you'd like me to tell him? Who? You. Sorry, we, we, I thought you were talking to Saul then. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll be speaking to Adam Bloom in a minute. Is there anything you'd like him to bring up for you? Yeah, ask him why he's not marrying me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd hate to say it, but you're from Willenhall, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of go without saying, doesn't it? Uh, you fell for that one. Well, thank you, Susan. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Um, um, are you coming to the show yourself? I am. You I'm looking be. forward to it. Right, yeah, sit at the front so I can take the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll All see right, you see soon. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Closer by Lemon Jelly. Hopefully on the line now we've got Adam Bloom. Hello. How are you? Am I on air now? You are on air. Oh, you know funny? I'm on my, my mobile battery's low, and they're going to ring me on a different line. If we cut off, this will be the first live ever radio cut-off. <laughs> I'm a big fan of yours. Are you? You won't be when I cut off. <laughs> I've listened to all your Radio 4 shows. Have you got another one coming up? No, they, they, they dumped me after three series, <sighs> and um, but I'm 
But I'm, I'm happily dumped because it was a lot of work and it was, it was nice to, I don't know, have a bit of free time. But I, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I, I put my life into that, you know. Well, it was better than the one they've got on at the moment because they've got a similar kind of one on at the moment, haven't they? And yours is much better. Who's, who's, who's this similar? I don't know. It's, it's some, I think he's got a Welsh accent. He does something slightly similar. Rod Gilbert? It, no, no, no. It's the other one. <laughs> Mark Watson? Yeah, that's it. He does oh, one. Okay. And it's like pick, pick a theme or an idea, which is what you used to do. Uh, and your, your shows are excellent. I, I hope you still get repeat feeds on Radio 7. Uh, it's it's so insignificant, it's almost not worth going oh. to the bank with it. it. It probably cost me more in trainers wearing up my shoes <laughs> going to the bank. <laughs> so have you been to Wolverhampton before? Uh, not for a very, very long time. And I'll be honest with you, I can't remember where I was last time. I was oh, there. you're in for a treat. You're going to come early and look around the cultural treats? I am, I am going to come early. I'm staying in Birmingham that night because I'm also working in Birmingham. I'm going to get I'll get up in the afternoon and then come straight to Wolverhampton once I've dumped my bags off. And then you're going to hang about with Saul, who's going to show you around the town. Apparently, yeah. Are you, are you, um, <laughs> you right. coming to the show? Uh, I'm hopefully coming to the show. Where are you from? I, I'm actually from Camberley in Surrey. He's doing his act already. <laughs> where, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Camberley in Surrey. Obviously, that's why I've listened to Radio 4. Uh, <laughs> he's the most relaxed. What's lovely about it? I'm at a friend's house, uh, just in his kitchen. It's just very, This is a very relaxed. It's nice to think that there are people listening to this, and it just it feels just like two people on a mobile, which is that, very nice. That will explain why you weren't there on your home number, which I rang and got through to your answer phone, which I... I yeah. Uh, toyed with the idea of leave, leaving a few uh, messages, maybe offensive, but I don't think that goes down too well these days. With there's, the, well, there's uh, a horrible woman's voice that came with the phone. It's, I'm not going to say what electrical company is in case they get uh, offended, but it's a really annoying voice. It shows, uh, we are not here to take your message. <laughs> Please tell me what accent that was supposed to be. <laughs> it's Wolverhampton with a bit of Surrey. Oh, goodness me. Uh, what, what she's, I've got no idea what it was. It, I, I mean, <laughs> it just, it, it's that kind of slightly, I don't know, I, I, I'm scared of saying where it's from in case someone's listening from there and goes, how dare you? <laughs> or if I actually get it right and the woman goes, yeah, that is me. Well done for getting it right. Now I'm really offended people can still trace where I'm so, from. So where are you from? I'm from Richmond in Surrey. Richmond in Surrey. We're a couple of Surrey boys. Yeah, but the point is that if, if I was a huge phone company and made um, landlines that had a pre-recorded message on them, I wouldn't have a woman who talked like that leaving a message. <laughs> Especially for people living in Richmond and Camberley. Yeah, they should have a Richmond version. Just have someone who speaks properly. <laughs> but Richmond is a bit posher than Camberley, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. I think we've frowned upon you. Yeah, you're a bit upmarket compared to me. You know, so. I was a poor kid. We would, I was actually the, the poor kid in my street... And we, it, you know, it doesn't wash, it doesn't wash. I grew up on a council estate, all right? Yeah, but so. you were, at least everyone was on a council estate. Whereas me, all my friends had two cars, one with each parent. We had no car. Oh, you know, I had preschool dinners. Admittedly, it was pleasant. Well, that is really funny because that's what made my brother mentally ill, and we still laugh about it. What, <laughs> Yeah, that kind of. Or he went to school, all his friends always had new stuff, and he became so obsessed with it, he ended up mentally ill <laughs> because we were so poor, you know. But we still laugh at him about it, which is. Maybe, maybe the mental home ended up having better facilities in your house and it all worked out in the end. <laughs> well, luckily he moved to Birmingham, so he didn't use resources in Surrey, because obviously we saved that to uh, enable the streets to be paved with gold so that everyone in the north can, <laughs> can dream of coming down there. Yeah, this, this, like, my phone was on 10% power when you rang, and what I love is there's this kind of urgency, like, we've got to make the most of it, and it's, I suppose it's, it's having a phone with a low battery must be like getting into your mid-80s. You know, you've just got to make the most of what's left. And you're about to die. 
I'm about to die. You, you had to put the word death into it. Is there anyone in the mid-80s whose phone's about to run out? We're from Bring Surrey. We live with death. We live with death in Surrey. Oh, death is... Uh, do you know what? I don't think about death because I figured I won't be around when it happens. So there's no point thinking about it. Is that your worst fear, that you will be around when it happens? <laughs> I was talking to a, a, a very religious man the other day who said that he believes the reason people often die with a big wide open stare is because they see their soul leave their body right. when they're dying. It Imagine could, that, seeing it, you, like almost a dog chasing its own tail. I think it's probably because they just remember they didn't turn the oven off. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for you, your battery's dying and we're running out of time because I've got to go to the news. So, does that mean I won? Uh, uh, does that yeah. mean I won? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Adam Bloom, it's been a joy. Uh, it has been a joy. <laughs> <laughs> who, didn't, who didn't get a word in? Tomorrow evening at Lighthouse in Wolverhampton. Book tickets now, £7.50. Call Lighthouse Box Office. Thank you, Adam. I'll be there, and I shall see you. Come Thank and you, and I'll make sure, if anyone comes up to me and asks to see my phone, I guarantee it will be fully charged, and they get a free CD of my radio work if they mention my phone battery, and I am allowed I'm to... I'm cutting you off, I'm cutting you off. It's three o'clock, <laughs> I'm Kelly Tolan. Well, welcome to the studio to Saul Abner, uh, who has been Hello. here. You're going to finish plugging uh, the comedy show, I hope. Yes, it's tomorrow evening with Adam Bloom... Ian Stone, the only bloke we didn't speak to, and uh, compare Susan Murray, of course, uh, from 8.15 tomorrow, Lighthouse, Wolverhampton, tickets 7.50, either turn up or ideally book in advance. There are a couple of tickets left. You can call 716-055, Lighthouse, box office. couple of questions, Saul. Go on. Uh, you do leave disabled from this, because it is going to cost you an arm or a leg, uh, isn't it? Uh, oh, you could be on stage with I them. I should. <laughs> so how much does it cost? 750 You were listening. And it's preceded by an exhibition launch called Comedy Captured. This is by a guy called Errol Brown. Not from your favourite band, but... Uh, I'm disappointed. A photographer, no less. I'm disappointed. It, hence why it's a, a photographic exhibition on comedy. Uh, various comedy nights at Birmingham's Glee Club, Errol's photographed them all, and he'll be launching that uh, exhibition tomorrow where's it, evening. Where's it going to be at the Lighthouse? Uh, before, uh, in, in the main exhibition space. The comedy gig? Downstairs. In uh, the main cinema? Uh, it'll be in, the, in Cinema One, downstairs. The, the main big one? The main big cinema. As opposed to the little one upstairs. That's right, yeah. So yeah. You, they've sold quite a few tickets then? I don't have numbers to hand. <laughs> oh, but there's only a few tickets left. Apart from the phone number, 716-055, call now and book. <laughs> it's going to be... Uh, it's 750, you can't, you can't argue with that, can you really? For Not it? for three people. You know. Three people giving you a cracking time. Eh? Yeah. That, that's wonderful. And as we've heard, the kind of calibre of comedy they'll be uh, you know, coming uh, up with. And why aren't you appearing that night on stage as well? Because I know you've done a bit of stand-up comedy as well, haven't you, Saul? Or visit the website light-house.co.uk. <laughs> Before you moved into radio. All of the, uh, all, all of the details. Why, can't, why aren't you comparing? Anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're comparing, comparing to. Comparing as opposed to comparing, of course, <laughs> is, is the right word. I'm yes. sorry, we speak words more effectively than you, you people in the Midlands. Yes, I've heard about your dubious background in the, in the arms trade. <laughs> Me and Adam. Me and Adam. A couple of Surrey boys. Procuring weapons for the MOD. <laughs> with your illustrious past. I like to get as many arms on the show as I possibly can. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, why not pop along from 7.30 and have a little gander 
at the comedy captured photographic exhibition. Well, at a bit Lighthouse. earlier, surely, because doesn't the comedy start at seven thirty? Seven thirty, and then the actual gig. If again, if you were listening, eight fifteen. Oh, I'm just giving you an opportunity to repeat it, so <laughs> And if you... is there drinks and buffet at the launch of comedy? The Glee Club images, whatever it's called, capturing comedy. If you want to buy them, they're available oh. from Lockworks Bar, of course, <laughs> all priced very reasonably. Give us a little plug for <laughs> Lockworks Bar. Lockworks Bar, uh, at the heart of uh, Lighthouse uh, Media Centre. It's the perfect social networking occasion. Forget MySpace, why not try Lockworks Bar? <laughs> <laughs> you can get drunk there as well if you want to. Different food every night. Just speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> you know, food, drink... Uh, now, one of my listeners... The perfect accompaniment to has uh, an evening's entertainment. ...and said, what are you up to, Saul? <laughs> I need a music bed for this, don't I? I can, uh, you know, this kind of voiceover... <laughs> what are you up... We want to come style. to the man now. We've no heard the No one said that. Stuff. Nobody cares. That's not true. I've had a text... Well, he refused to answer. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what has Saul that's, been doing? That's my business, surely. Uh, so what have you been doing? Can you not tell through, through the last hour's... Uh, you're not. And how, how many spin meistering jobs have you got? <laughs> Seventeen and counting. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I know you've obviously come in the money with those flash new glasses you've got. Uh, I like the new coat as well. Oh, goodness me! I thought it was one of those crappy old ones that you buy. Not at all. You've paid money for that. How much does that cost? Fire trap by G Star. I'm not divulging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me a good old jumble sale to buy me underpants. That's all I say. Yeah. Why waste money on? Was it G Star? Yeah, you know. You should definitely be on the stage in that kind of outfit. Or <laughs> locked up, one or the other. <laughs> Never mind me, it's not about me. What about what about you? More importantly, why don't you have any guests this hour? Uh well, because you're my guest this hour. You really? see, I was I was saving it specifically for I'm you. I'm just opening my post. There's been quite a bit since uh <laughs> Since, uh, since I left. and so so tell me, have you have you uh have you done any broadcasting since you've left WCRFM? Uh, no, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Sorry, I'm just just reading a reading a letter. <laughs> yeah, boring. It's, it's fan mail. <laughs> that um, stalker who emailed me asking where you were. So the lighthouse. Fingers in all kinds of pies is the answer. So uh, given the fact that no one knows where lighthouse is, tell us where it is. Friar Street in mm. the in the centre of Wolverhampton. Mm. Chubb Buildings. And when you say the centre, what do you mean the centre? Because it's actually on the edge, really, isn't it? Well, it's not a huge centre. It's not like Birmingham. It's not a sprawling metropolis. Uh, the centre of Wolverhampton. The town centre. Where you, where do you shopping? I spoke to someone this morning who said that they thought of Wolverhampton as a cage in which you spend your life trying to get out of. Which I thought was quite unkind and uncruel. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? It's a cage I've been trying to get into for, <laughs> for years and have finally succeeded. You know the bus station? Mm. Uh, betwixt... The uh, bus station and the train station. You can't mention follow, chocolates on here. Follow <laughs> Friar Street down, mm. and uh, uh, there's Lighthouse. And because the, it's also a cinema, isn't it? In the and I can't uh, repeat the word enough. Historic Chubb buildings. Therefore, anyone who has any notion of Wolverhampton and its uh, history, or you know, lived here for more than five minutes, will be familiar with Chubb buildings. And it's opposite the historic synagogue, isn't it? <clears throat> It's opposite. <laughs> the, the, 
the historic recording studio. I know that much. Well, on the other side of the road is what used to be a synagogue. Right. That uh, they opened on Heritage Day. It's semi-derelict inside, but it's fantastic. I think it's been bought by another <coughs> religious group now. So, but it's uh, it's fantastic. Oh, someone's screaming at the window. <laughs> uh, they've seen Saul and they're panicking. Quick, uh, yeah, leave yeah. the building. Leave the building. Hitting various red <coughs> buttons like they're having banks where the. So what? What else can you tell us about Lighthouse that's got coming? Up? Have you got their brochure to tell us what the films are this week, next week? Well, I can tell you that you can find out all of these exciting events and uh, opportunities because they do a great range of training uh, courses and, and such as well. Do they? If you have a look at the little old website, light-house.co.uk, and you can find out about all manner of uh, training courses, screenings, uh, because they have two cinemas there, of course. An upstairs and a downstairs. Yeah, there's always stuff on at the cinema. Plenty of uh, good flicks. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Exhibitions, uh, uh, various uh, things that you can go and uh, indulge yourself in by way of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because uh, I am a regular at the Lighthouse. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy it immensely. And I think the staff are incredibly friendly, aren't they, and helpful. They are. At all types and occasions. And getting friendlier by the week, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Mysteriously. Why? Yeah. Who's, who's joined? I've no idea. Um, <laughs> Now, you, you went to see a film that I desperately wanted to see recently, but couldn't for uh, uh, Tell wh- me. whatever reasons I won't go into. Um, it, it was last week, wasn't it? Last mm-hmm. uh, last week, this was... Um... Igor. No, 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 no. Uh... It's a shame he didn't come to Matt Fraser from Freak to Cleek at the Arena Theatre. What's it called? The... Last Friday, because he was fantastic. He was very, very good. Uh, the the I'm I'm not the one who who saw it. Uh, Burn after reading? No, no, that was a bit disappointing actually. Yeah, I was very disappointed in that for a Coen Brothers film. It lacked uh, it lacked a degree of pace. It took a long time to get going, and then it didn't seem to go anywhere. Uh, the one about uh, a fascist experiment that went wrong. The wave. There you go. The wave. The wave. <laughs> the vile. It was uh, any good. It wasn't bad, actually. It had its weaknesses. It was about this uh, teacher who decides to teach a class about autocracy, as in kind of like Nazi dictatorship, mm. by reenacting it. And the students take it all to heart and actually quickly fall into line, yeah. despite the fact at the beginning they're all saying, oh, it could never happen in Germany again, and then it happens in the classroom. Uh, my, my my problem was it was it was all very white and clean, and it, and it didn't... It didn't show how even those on the outside often want to buy into things that oppress them just because they want to feel normal and want people to see them as normal. Mm. And I I don't just mean disability, although disability would have been good to add to it, but equally race. uh, And it it didn't really make much of a distinction between gender as well. And I think there could have been some nice touches to strengthen the film. Mm. Uh, I think it was based on a real story. It was, actual events, yeah. And and so it was. It was quite. And equally, it, the the end seemed to get away from itself. I don't know whether the end, which involves someone killing don't themselves, tell us actually happened. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not telling you who. You see, it could be anybody. Uh, and I think it. It there were some nice touches though, and about how often people who join a kind of cult, kind of autocratic kind of movements, it can actually change their behaviour for good. So like, there's mm. there's one's a bit of a drug dealer and all that, and he, he gets clean and everything. And, and the attraction of, of that to get them out of another lifestyle. Uh, but it, was, it, it had its weaknesses. It was very good to watch. It, it was, it was very, made in a very uh, young person's way. 
like that they'd watched MTV a bit too much. Right, which, which that's I, a fast edit. Yeah, pacey. I'm, I'm not always a fan of that. Right, and it's the idea that all all young people are out there. <laughs> you know, having sex, getting drunk and doing drugs. Mm. It's not quite true. Right. Most of them are a lot more boring than that. Right. Uh, and so it, it would So it was an extended <coughs> episode of Scrubs, is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I thought Scrubs was just some nice little comedy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about nice. I've not seen it. I've just heard of the debauchery. But it, it, it had its weaknesses, and mm. I think its lack of, of, of difference in the classroom... Like, there was one... T- Turkish descent individual, mm. but it wasn't enough to make it significant. And there was uh, there was a couple of cliches in there as well. You know, one of the women who objected it looked a bit Jewish, right. and I, and I thought it could have done a little bit more than that, a little bit more than 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 sort of just cover the surface. So, but having said you'd that, you'd rather manipulate actual <coughs> events and uh, th- if it was, you know. Uh, a true depiction well the idea that it was a true depiction (laughs) has no basis in reality and no film is ever a true depiction of course and it will distort and 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 it should have and it should have distorted in a way to enhance the drama and enhance the message Mm. having said that i think it was it was very good and i think it should be compulsory viewing in all schools right Uh, i I think it was that good and i think it could be that significant to teach teach young people about autocracy, yeah. uh, and I think it, it, it would work very well as in, in a school schools uh, lessons. And I hope the lighthouse could run it for schools doing perhaps twentieth century history or politics or even some philosophy issues or even teach training. Right, yeah. And I think it would be uh, it would be very good for that. Mm. I then went to see Igor, which of course Igor in principle is is a deeply uh, suspect film. Which was part of the flip animation thing. Yeah. It's about in in the kind of James Whale mm. Frankenstein. Mm. In fact, I don't even think in in that one, but the subsequent ones, uh, Frankenstein or whoever the monster creator was, usually had a hunchback kind of evil assistant. I think originally Igor was played by uh, Bella Lugosi, <coughs> a relative of yours, and uh, and so. <laughs> And 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 so this is an animation about uh, you know these evil scientists all have their hunchback Igors, yeah. and actually I think it was really, it was it wasn't as funny as it could have been, yeah. uh, and that's a sin in a comedy, yeah. if it's not as funny as it could have been, but equally fundamentally it was quite a dubious movie and I think it was quite offensive. Who was it trying to appeal to then? Kids. With, Kids. with its genre of comedy, because yeah. it's always a subjective thing, humour, but who was it trying to... And it didn't have the, the understanding of, of, of difference. It went, more with, it went more with the ideology of normality, yeah. uh, and, so, and I think that, that was its lack, which it was actually what made it less funny. Yeah. I think if you understand those two differences on a very serious level, and that says, oh, but it was a comedy. Well, the point is, is Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein is a masterpiece mm. of comedy and cinema because it understands the difference between normality and difference. Mm. And it, it plays with that and explores with that, both within the comedy, within the narrative, within the ideology of the piece. And that is intentional. Mm. You know, Mel Brooks said, you know, comedy is an incredibly serious business mm. based on knowledge and an understanding of what you're exploring or talking about. Mm. And Igor didn't have that. And I can see, you know, a lot of kids watching it. And if they're in a class now with anybody a hunchback, that kid's going to become Igor. Mm. In a way that they wouldn't be before, because unless you're into you know, early 20th century cinema, you wouldn't know what Igor was. Mm, yeah. uh, and, and you knew that this was a clever piece of, of educated people who'd watched a lot of cinema 
to have understood what Igor meant and the significance of that kind of term and, and, and that character. But without films. the depth yes. that you'd want, want. Well, for example, Igor is actually in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, played by Marty Feldman. Of course. Right. Uh, and, and, and it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. For simple things. His hunch keeps changing side in, in, in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of like you're baffled and, and they mention it. And it was just a much greater understanding. And, and he plays the character you know, about being evil and about being sinister because he needs to to make it look like that in, in Young Frankenstein. And I do mm -hmm. genuinely believe Young Frankenstein to be a masterpiece. I'm a bit disturbed that Mel Brooks is actually turning it into a musical on the London stage. <laughs> You're joking. Because uh, the producers were just such a big hit. Yeah. Uh, but they've turned it into a musical. Like uh, he Frankenstein. needs the money, <clears throat> of course. Well, I don't... To be unfair to him, I don't think he does anything for money. I think he does it because he believes in the create the power of creative uh, experience and uh, joy, mm. and I think he's doing it because he thinks he can and it'll be great fun. And I'm sure it will, but I just hope he can keep hold of of all that's in the film. And of course, Kenneth Mars was, was uh, in in Young Frankenstein, who was also in the producers. Mm. So uh, and Gene Wilder, another little follow through there. I don't think anybody else followed through. So, right, okay. So, what have you seen recently? Uh, well, since we're speaking of Lighthouse, I went to one of the uh, flip animation events on Friday, uh, the makers of uh, the game Heavenly Sword. Which I know you're, you're an addict, aren't you? Ninja Theory. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, completed it. And, and what was it like? What did they talk about? Well, tell us what Heavenly Sword is, because a lot of people wouldn't understand. It's a game for the PS3. And uh, is it an exploration game, fight game, uh, yeah. shooting game? Killing game, fighting and exploring, but with the kind of emotional depth that we previously may not have seen in uh, in games. A computer game with emotional depth. Absolutely, yeah. Explain that. Right. Well, they are being uh, appearing with with incredible storylines uh, these days. You know, you're talking about a gameplay of an average of say 12 hours, and within that, you've got an unfolding story, and because you're actually uh, playing these characters, you have uh, either first or third person control of them on screen. You actually, you know, feel more engaged with them, and uh, and their plight, as it were. So, uh, uh, more than a more than a film, it's it's uh, it's an experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you only have to look at the kind of money uh, ploughed into these lavish productions these days, mm. and uh, justifiably because they they they, they rake in more than uh, uh, many films do. Mm. You know. And and so and what if did you look at if you look at uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Four released earlier this year and I'm I'm not a fan of it myself but it grossed uh, more than any movie ever made. But did you play it, Grand Theft Four? Not not the latest one. No, I've played I've played versions of it and it, and it doesn't really do it for me. But so so uh, what was the event like that you went to at Flip? It was good. It was basically uh, some of the creative team from Ninja Theory, uh, who produced the game. And uh, talking about uh, their background and uh, how they came to this point, and uh, the, the animation process uh, of creating the game, and uh, some of the ordeals they had with, you know, financing it and, and getting it together and, and things like that. And uh, and they're all incredibly showed rich some now. clips. I, I hope so. They deserve to be uh, showed. Showed some clips from the game and and its development, the various stages, mm -hmm. and some of the software that they used. Uh, you know, and it's all motion capture these days, of course. Mm -hmm. Again, in the same way as uh, as with film technology, and because uh, they were they supposed to have a motion capture event, weren't they? Well, they employ 
uh, you know, uh, proper flip. theatrical actors these days to, to reenact these scenes. You get these cutscenes in games, mm. and, uh, you know, you'll have actors um, uh, with, uh, acting the whole thing out, and it's all, uh, you know, motion capture. Motion capture, for what people don't know, is usually it's 360 degree for photography, mm. where often you'll dress up in a suit with lots of dots all over you. Yeah, And in fact, the, the major exhibition at Wolverhampton Gallery from January is a motion capture of disabled people. Is that right? Indeed, yes. Oh, but they're reduced to their essences. They don't, they don't have skins on or faces. It's right. just... Because usually it's stick figures, yeah. and then you layer skins on them to uh, to give them bodies. Mm. So you know that that's that's what it is. So mm. anyway, I'm going to play a record, and then we will talk more. Well, welcome back to the show. I was trying to play a couple of trailers there, but I'm doing so much on the computer it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Such is life. Uh, we've got Saul Abner in in the studio with us. Let's turn his microphone on. I do. Uh, last half hour of the show. Uh, How's the hypertension, hyper uh, hyperactivity disorder Good coming? Grief! I forgot you were a doctor for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. How is the hyper? Was it? Was it HDD? Isn't it? It's just coffee related, really. <laughs> you, can, you can never have enough. Is the answer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's good. I like Coke myself. Obviously, I mean Coca Cola. Yes. I do. I love Coca Cola. Yeah. <gasps> I'm addicted to it. And and so tell tell us again because you know uh, some people may have tuned in only for the second hour mm. uh, obviously that's very naughty of them and they should listen to the entire two hours of the show outside center with dr dark in the afternoon on 101.8 fm uh, listen online at www.wcrfm.com uh what were you talking about earlier you, you came to tell us about two things two main events death fest at the end of the month from the 28th of november to the 30th friday to the sunday it's a weekend festival the UK's only deaf-led film and television festival, no less, in its 10th year in Wolverhampton at Lighthouse. Uh, various screenings, uh, things to get involved with, uh, networking opportunities, conferences, uh, seminars, uh, all weekend long. Everything is free apart from the Saturday evening gala. Mm-hmm which you can uh, book for. It is a ticketed event because it's proven to be quite popular. Uh, and it's quite expensive, the gala event, isn't it? No. It's 12 quid. It's very reasonable. It's 12 quid. 12 quid. It's a bargain. <laughs> but given that everything else is free, of course, it's a suitable price. Right, yeah. Are you going? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, for more information, have a look at the website. Uh, either light-house.co.uk would be the main one I'd recommend, or for a full programme and times, uh, listings of uh, the various films and events throughout the weekend, deaffest, all one word, .co.uk. All on there. And when and, is it? Uh, Give us the dates again, because I've forgotten. Friday 28th to Sunday the 30th, mm -hmm. at the end of this month. So... And it's jointly organised by Lighthouse, the University of Wolverhampton and Zebra Uno with uh, support from Screen West Midlands, the National Lottery through the UK Film Council, of course, and Wolverhampton City Council. That's terribly good, terribly decent. And then what else were you plugging? And more immediately, tomorrow night, again at Lighthouse, is live. It's branded live. That's the name of the event, comedy. Uh, live spelt... L apostrophe V E. See what's happened? I oh, don't explain it to me. <laughs> oh, I'll show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what what am I supposed to get out of it? Live. Well, it's just live. It's live comedy. Live. Live. No. Live. 
<laughs> live comedy with Adam. It could be love comedy, I suppose. Love, or love, 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 love comedy. With Adam Bloom, it doesn't work. Ian Stone <laughs> and compare Susan Murray. Is the billboard up in the town for the lighthouse yet? Yes. Tell us, tell us about the billboard. Uh, it's just on the... Finish what you're doing and then we'll come back to the billboard. Okay, right. So tomorrow evening from 8.15, that's when it starts. Uh, well, when the doors open, it'll begin shortly after. Uh, live comedy, Adam Bloom headlining. Uh, top bloke, spoke to him earlier. Ian Stone, uh, another great popular uh, on the circuit. And uh, Susan Murray from Willenhall, who again we spoke to earlier. Uh, tickets £7.50 from light-house.co.uk or 716 Uh Should have been an apostrophe, light apostrophe. House. If you want to take your chances... Uh, on what, a trip to the lighthouse? <laughs> <laughs> on, 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 on it get, could all go disastrously wrong. On getting some tickets on the night... Then uh, uh, fair enough, but it's best to uh, book See, in, you've not uh, bought, in, in advance with these you've things. You've not bought any free comedy tickets to give away on the show. No, it's, that it's, it's terrible. Be, it's best to I'm book not going to let you on next time for, for these things. You're only allowed on if I you give away free any. tickets. I, know, I wasn't given yeah, any. One at least. I wasn't given any. One free if they're paying customer. God. Do you want to hear some uh, accolades given to the great Adam Bloom? Indeed, yes. Sir Ian McKellen, no less, says he makes me laugh out loud. I can't wait to see him live. <laughs> He might be at Lighthouse tomorrow night. Sir Ian McKellen. And then uh, Ricky Gervais. He comes from Wigan, Ian McKellen, I'm afraid. And that accent didn't work. Comedy bloke called Ricky Gervais. I've vaguely heard of him. Says uh, he's one of my favourite stand-ups for about ten years. Bloom not only has meticulous, brilliant lines, but also an intense and fragile honesty. Mm. Have you ever heard Adam Bloom on Radio 4? I have. Yeah, the series was called The Problem with Adam Bloom. The problem with the three series. Was three series. Uh, and have you Radio heard the 4. one? I the caught the originals, not the repeats on BBC 7. No, I caught the originals as well. I know you're a pretentious Well, it was good because it was uh, kind of uh, a montage of his stand-up material, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, you know, normally they mix these things in with uh, sketch stuff and uh, oh. <laughs> get them being heckled from the uh, from the yonder. From beyond the, gle- beyond the glass. And, uh, yeah, no, I was a fan of it at the time because we're going back uh, a number of years. Uh, was it the late nineties when he when he when the first series came it out? Probably might, was might the been, late nineties yeah. when we were just mere infants. Yeah, mere mere infants. And uh, no, it's a beautiful kind of uh, very personal observations about him and his various neuroses, of which there are many. Indeed, you should have seen Saul here bopping away yeah. on his little legs. Very rapidly with his HD. It was akin to a limbo dance, but I was in effect just falling over. We mentioned a billboard earlier. Tell us about the billboard. Well, there's a lighthouse billboard ad uh, uh, on the corner of... <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. Only because you asked me. On the corner of... Uh, Canac- it's the first of its kind for the lighthouse. Top of Cannock Road, as mm. you edge onto Stafford Street... Mm. Easily missed. There's a lighthouse ad, mm. uh, which was won by one of the many glorious members of staff at Lighthouse. So explain to me, is that near yeah. where the Elephant Pub was knocked down? I don't know. You're venturing into a past I know nothing of. Goodness me. I don't even know pubs. It's the only one I know because they knocked it down. I'll say yes in the firm knowledge that you're right. (laughs) Uh, So So is it on Cannock Road or Stafford Road? So what, are we telling people to go now and look at this? Uh, (laughs) Yes, go and have a look at it. Uh, Well, it's a wonderful work of art, you said. That's right, it is. (laughs) It's it's, it's glorious and it's tempting people away from... Because obviously, uh, Birmingham... 
Uh, it could cause accidents. It's so good. Uh, uh, the um, ah, that's very professional. He's been my steve. I kind of remember the name of uh, the 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 uh, rubbish place that closed down. Mac, there you go. That's closed down for a couple of years for refurbishments. <laughs> so it's not closed Cause it, down. Cause it's it was been su- completely rebuilt with the six, it, eight, ten million pounds they got off the arts council. Because it was such a dump. Uh, so basically, <clears> for all your um, you know, it wasn't that bad. Cultural needs. Because you're from Birmingham, aren't you? Visit Lighthouse. So did you go to the Mac often? Uh, well, yeah, when I lived over there, yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you go and see any comedy? There? I went to see Jeremy Hardy. I saw Jeremy Hardy at, at the Wolfram uh, a couple of years back. Anyone else did I see? I saw a poetry reading once, which was like death. Yeah. God, it was awful. Yeah. It was absolutely awful. No, I saw, I saw a, a fair few things there. Um, they used to have the good films. When when the Lighthouse... The Lighthouse, would there'd be like three or four good films out, and the Lighthouse would get one of them. Yeah. Uh, and so you'd have to travel to Birmingham or the Triangle that used to exist. The Triangle? Did you go to the Triangle? Yeah, I, I remember it. I oh, you're so young. I didn't, I didn't frequent the place. Because it must have been closed about 15, 20 years now. And the electric... The, the electric, yeah, yeah, but that's turned into a bit of a posh place now. Though. It used to be a bit of a dive, didn't it? Right. And I remember seeing a couple of things there. But this, back to the billboard, what does it say? It says, Lighthouse is flipping excellent. Pop down there now, why don't you? Is that what it says? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you told me it was brilliant, but I didn't fully appreciate the genius that went into it. There's a little arrow directing you toward the uh, lighthouse, uh, <laughs> where you can find it for all the people like you who claim to be unfamiliar to its location. <laughs> no, I know precisely where it is. <laughs> which is why you keep asking It's just me. that I keep where going there it? and there's where no one else there, which makes me think no one else knows where it is. Right, they time that specifically, knowing about your arrival. Well, if only, because in fact, what did I saw the other day? I went to see Igor. It was uh, Sunday 5.15 screening, mm. and it was just me, my wife, my child, and one other person. And I don't want to knock it, because that's the well, kind that's, of audience the I love. That's perfect environment. Give Absolutely. me every, every film like that, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's cheaper than <coughs> Cineworld as well. You won't get films of that calibre. At, uh, and you get a better class of cafe after. And mm. you can even buy, you know, posh lemonade and cola. What do you have from Lockworks Bar yourself? A pork pie? Uh, if only. A pork pie and coke. I would have a pork pie and yeah. coke if they sold pork pie and coke. Let's suggest it to them. Because the coke, I think, is on a siphon, and coke on a siphon is disgusting. Right. Uh, I don't ever drink off of a siphon. Can it you must not buy... be bottled or tinned. You can get the bottled equivalent, surely. Uh, yeah, but they don't have... I think it's siphon at Lighthouse. Yeah. Where no, works. No, uh, and pork pie. I'd love to have a pork pie. They don't do pork pies. Can you not take your own? They do cheesy, baguette kind of... What's that thing they all do now? Paninis, that's it. Pitch up with a little hamper. It would be a nice idea, actually. But then they might say, only food bought on this premises can be consumed here. Which is fair enough if you think about it, because you're paying for the environs and the, you know, the table, the, the uh, service and the uh, beautiful atmos and the, the uh, wonderful staff entertainment, the, the wonderful staff, um, you know, and, and being in a prime location within our glorious city. <laughs> Uh, at my glory. No, it's not even ours. You're from Birmingham. I'm from Surrey. I hope I'm paid by the word. <laughs> so, so have you seen? Because there's, a, there's another exhibition at the Lighthouse at the moment, isn't there? Downstairs, uh, which escapes me completely. It's people outside buildings. Is that what it is? That's not the uh, that's not the comedy one. That's in Lockworks, isn't it? The comedy one. But there is another exhibition in the main gallery, which I would recommend. I went to it last uh, Sunday evening, obviously prior to Igor. That offensive movie, animation. 
No, I thought the comedy exhibition was in the main gallery space. Was it? No, I, no, I don't think so. I think it's in Lockworks because I think it's it's in. Tell us. Oh, he's get he's got his bit of paper out. You're absolutely uh, wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. Uh, I have no idea. Because in fact, the picture that goes in the brochure, I think, is actually of Barbara Nice, Janice Connolly, who uh, right, yeah. who uh, our previous guest Susan Murray mentioned. Mm. Rightly so. So, because uh, you uh, you are you have dabbled in comedy. What comedy do you like, Saul? What makes you laugh? Oh, good grief! Having dabbled in it, I, I, as a, as a craftsman yourself, who do you watch and think that's how it should be done? I wish I could do it like that. <laughs> You, every oh, time. Well, I know that. But apart from me, Adam Bloom, Susan Murray, and whoever the other person is who's coming. I, I, I rarely watch stand-up these days, to be honest. Why? Uh, I just, I'm not receptive to it as a medium. I, I, I never have been. Uh, so what are you receptive to? Um, I, let's, this is boring, talking no, about no, me. No, we're Nobody talking cares. about comedy. <laughs> no, that's not true. We're, we're, you know, we're all going to this comedy thing tomorrow night. Can I, do my, can I do my favourite strap line that I've so missed over the uh, you know, months? Five seven double two five seven or email. Have you got one? Yep. Dark at wcrfm.com. Dark with an E. I'm disturbed that you've told people the telephone number because you know I don't pick up the phone on my show. I'm going to start doing that in the new year. People ringing in. It's giving me a little bit of An interactive feel. Absolutely. To the That's afternoon. It. You know, a uh, bit more, a few more guests. There's an idea for a programme. Absolutely. Something interactive in the afternoon. Why not try that? Lunch times. <laughs> <laughs> One to two. No, we have you something do, like that. Yeah. We, we, we're moving. We're moving ahead without your soul. That's the way I like the look of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rearrange the words of that sentence. No, no, I'm serious. Comedy-wise, because I think comedy is 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 such a a personal thing. Of course. Yeah. And so I want to know what moves you. Have you watched Sarah Silverman? Yeah. In fact, she has a program that I don't know whether it's been picked up over here. The Sarah Silverman program. And is, have you seen it? Yeah. Is it any good? It's a sitcom, uh, a fictional version of her life, and it's it's glorious. It really but is. Yeah. toned down, because I know her comedy routines do get quite explicit. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. But um, Would you recommend it? I think it's produced by Comedy Central, who are more kind of uh, open mm-hmm. with their, you know, they don't, they're, they're not as uh, restrictive as some of the networks over there. Um, and what do you think uh, of obviously, it? Obviously, South Park goes out on Comedy Central, so, uh, you know, that's... that's uh, do you like they, South Park? They can get away with quite a lot. Yeah, lots of things. I haven't got time to run through a list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Sarah Silverman, I'm interested because I know... No, she's great, yeah. You do? You think that's good? Yeah. Well, do you not? Well, I've not seen it. Right. And I've not seen her. Right. I've read interviews with her and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, because she's got uh, a DVD out, which I know many people will buy for Christmas called Jesus is Magic. Right, okay. Which is a kind of Jewish perspective on it and, mm. and other religions and, and whatever. Uh, but I'd, I'd I'd seen the show and heard about the show, but I've not actually watched it. And right. you'd recommend it? Yeah. Well, you should you should have mentioned it. I'd have. Uh, uh, no, you can't go there. I'd, so I'd, I'd have written back to my friend in America who to get to get him to send He'd him a copy. Send as well. you the DVD. Yeah. Oh, that would have been very nice. Yeah, I'm sure. Nice. I'm sure he could have come back there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he works at very high speeds these days. But um, do you like? What do you think is the difference between American and British comedy? Do you think there's a kind of sensibility difference? Well, there's that old stereotypical nonsense about uh, the lack of irony from our Yankee friends. Uh, it's not true. There's, there's all, all shades and hues of uh, comedy, of course. Uh, it's just uh, how hard you're prepared to look. Well, I think it. it's the opposite. I think British, British comedians don't have a sense of irony. Mm-hmm. They tend to be based on the idea of being clever. Right. It's not about irony. It's either sneering or clever. Whereas I think the Americans' sense of irony is so astute that it's actually beyond the average British critics to understand it. That's a pretty broad statement to c- come out with. Really? Yep. 
Absolutely. American comedians in general? Um, the, the good ones, the successful ones, be that from Mel Brooks right through to Sarah Silverman, even George Carling, uh, Richard Pryor, I think their degree of irony was, was incredible. Right, but if you go... astute. But then you get in England, you know, Monty Python is just about be, you sure. know, educating people being clever. And the same with a lot of Stephen Fry stuff, you know, Hugh Laurie when they used to do this Educated people being clever. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's at the heart. And even, even In a humorous way or not at all? Well, you? they think it's a humorous way. It, 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 sometimes it is. I'm sure some people thought yeah. at least that the, the Pythons were vaguely funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not disputing that it's not. It is funny. I like the Pythons, but it's about, it's about cleverness. But it's, if you, it's not about irony. It's about cleverness. If you visit any of the states and... Check out any stand-up uh, comedy night. Uh, I think you'll be sadly disappointed. No, I think you'd have what you'd have here, which is a night of racist, sexist dribble. Right. You know, you go to a lot of comedy clubs here. It's the same. You know, the the few. That's why the few do stick out. Yeah. The really good ones do stick out. If you go to a comedy night and see ten comedians, there will be one who's very good, yeah. and there will be nine who should not be out on stage. Maybe. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. Lighthouse tomorrow have picked the four. That should be allowed on stage from all those other gigs to bring us a perfect night's entertainment. Absolutely right, though, yeah. yeah. And I think that, that's very important, very good of Lighthouse to do that. Because often, like uh, the comedian in Brighton uh, and equally sometimes these other clubs, mm. especially open nights, you know, there are people who should not be allowed out of their houses to tell jokes, let alone on stage. But isn't that good, having that broader mix, uh, uh, that, that full spectrum of... Uh, because if you have no, if you have no benchmark of, of quality, how, how would you appreciate what's good? Oh, I think you do. You, you'll always know quality when you see it. You don't need a benchmark. If everyone's great, really? Uh, well, it's rare that everyone's going to be great. No, but, but, but you're saying, you know, get rid of the dross that shouldn't be there. Uh, well, I think probably, yeah, I think probably you should get rid of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for people getting experience and do people do get better. Mm. And I think comedy, you can learn it as a technique. You know, or yeah. with a degree of intelligence. Of course, yeah. And I think, I think anybody can do stand-up. Uh, not necessarily be a great stand-up. Yeah. I think that often comes from your life experiences, like with Adam Bloom, uh, who I think is very, very good. Depending uh, on the style of comedy, of course. That's if you're doing the, you know, the traditional observational route. Yeah, well, I think you can if, learn most... You know, there's, most there's character comedy. Yeah, yeah there's, well, there's I think you can even learn different that. Different kinds of surreal... Uh, I, I'm perturbed by comedy at the moment, particularly in Britain, because it is about vulgarity and sneering. Right. Hence Little Britain, for example. Well, yeah. You see, Little Britain, one show's funny. Mm. Ten times is sneering yeah. and ridiculing. Well, it's that whole sketch show <coughs> mentality that's very depressing. But for, it's not the, just that. The, it's the, even the, things like Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle is, and, and you know, like the mock the week, the very title of the show gives it away to some extent. Sure. But it is about... But that's the comedy of offence, isn't it? That's, that's, that's about, you know, which is seeing on the how rise. far you can push it. But that is on the rise, yeah. and that's what's popular, and that is disturbing. Not the comedy of observation. You've got, like, Jimmy Carr, you know, even the other car, Alan Carr's moving into that kind of ridicule level. And, and I, I must admit, I, I you know... You I'm, never find offensive funny? Oh, absolutely. I love offensive. Yeah. I love offensive stuff. If it's funny, but often yeah. it's just offensive. Yeah, and just offensive is not funny. Mm. There needs to be a point. There needs to be an irony to it. There needs to be a, an awareness of what you're doing with the offence. And I think so often that isn't the case. Just picking at the guy on the front seat and abusing him for yeah. what he is yeah. and whatever that may be, that ain't funny. Of course. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that, that mistake shock value for, for humour. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's a shame you didn't come to Matt Fraser last week because it was his best show ever really? on the Friday. Uh, and it was a good opening thing for the Wolverhampton Disability Festival, yeah. which you can look up on www.outside-centre.info. I will. It's my homepage. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, soon to be launched is the www.disabilityfilmfestival.eu webpage about how you can submit your films to the Wolverhampton Disability Film Festival. Nice. And will there be clips on there, little uh, extracts uh, yes. of the films themselves? There will, and hopefully we're going to do a little trailer as well. Because, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I like. Ideally, uh, watching stuff uh, uh, at home, so I never have to leave the house. <laughs> Which would explain the, play, the, the pale complexion, exactly. the thinness, yeah. <laughs> the HDD. Uh, <laughs> ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. They change the name of That's it each what it year, is. don't they? Yeah. It's not High Definition Disorder, it's Attention Deficit Disorder. <laughs> so let me play a record. Uh, let me press the button and we'll play a record. Who have you got on next week? Who have I got on next week? I have a learning disability theatre group wow. from Stourbridge. Yeah. I think there's a whole load of the actors coming and it's going to be a fantastic show of chat, wit, comedy and oh, emotion. Oh. It'll be a bit like your game. Yeah. It'll just be an emotional journey, <laughs> a, a, a cracking emotional journey. Uh, so I'd like to thank Saul for coming on the show uh, and my other guests, Adam Bloom and Susan Murray. And hopefully you'll be able to uh, see me and Saul and yourselves at the comedy gig tomorrow night at the Lighthouse. We'll, yes. s- we'll see you there. Please come.